So here's a question I thought of last night mm -hmm. thinking about this interview. I'm wondering what buildings have disappeared that you really feel pain for the fact that we lost? Well, we were talking about that this morning as we were driving to the History Center. Um, we were driving by the former site of the Honeycutt House. Mm -hmm. And I, I, as we were driving by, I just pointed up to the lot and said, Honeycutt. And we turned the corner and went Houghton, which is now a parking garage. And we got to the next block and I went Butler. And it's just an empty parking lot. And those were three of the three great Austin homes that were torn down within a year of each other, mm -hmm. I think. And that was that was crushing for the the, inf the in infancy of the preservation movement in one way, but in another way it rallied the Austin preservation mm -hmm. movement and woke a lot of people up to the fact that it's not just a um, society in name only uh, a heritage society it's it's it needs to be a preservation activist mm -hmm. and it got a lot of people involved and stimulated in that regard yeah. um, the, the 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 one building that preceded the destruction of those three was the shot tower on Ninth Street and it wasn't a significantly Detailed building, uh, it was a very plain building, but it was it was historic nevertheless, and it was torn down in the middle of the night. And um, those four destructions were hurt. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, I can't think of any 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 major losses that come to mind. We were pretty successful after that in, in spreading the word. Tell me about one of your favorite projects. That's, uh, uh, that question is almost like, who's your favorite child? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but if I were to answer it, I would have to say it's the the Moonlight Tower project yeah. because it it followed me for the next twenty years uh, after after we've completed the project because I we had started doing the historical research during the ninety three nineteen ninety three to nineteen ninety five restoration, um, but we had we did enough we didn't have time to do comprehensive research. We did some basic historical research, but it was enough uh, to identify for us that the, the, the information that was available about the towers was incorrect. And so for the next 15 years, I became obsessed and on a personal mission to straighten that out and, and tell the, the true story of the, the history of the Austin Moonlight Towers, and I traveled to New York and Michigan and Indiana and Illinois, um, going to the source uh, of, of the towers, and 
ended up writing a book about uh, not just the Austin Towers, but the origination of electric light towers in the United States and how the Moonlight Towers were a part of that story. But there was a, a big story of almost 15 years prior to Austin's Moonlight Towers where the, the, the tale of the towers begins. And I was able to put that in the book and then I think I printed the book in 2013, I think. And then within this last year, I thought I was through with the towers. <laughs> and then within this last year, uh, two filmmakers uh, were going to do um, a documentary movie on the Moonlight Towers as icons. And um, I was pretty heavily involved in providing them information and appearing in, in, in the movie, giving them mm -hmm. interviews. And uh, so it, it, it still carries on. Yes, it does. So, where were our towers manufactured? Fort Wayne, Indiana. And did they install them all at one time, or were they kind of added on over? Uh, the the initial installation was for thirty one towers, and um, they put the first one up in Hyde Park. And I, I can't remember the time frame, but within five to six months, I think all the rest of them were in mm -hmm. place. And uh, then they needed to complete the powerhouse which provided the electricity to, to, to light the towers. And um, I think it was in 1895, I can't remember the month, they were, they, they let the contract in 1893 and they were completed by 1895 and lit. And in 1900, the, the river washed the dam out and the powerhouse. And so they went dark for a number of years after that. And then there's, there's a long history of towers that have fallen and some that have been knocked down purposefully. And uh, just a long story of attrition from 31 to 17 towers. So your book covers the history of each location and each tower? Everything that we could find out about them. And uh, I did the research before you could access online like you, you, you can now. Yeah. And uh, so a, a, like the filmmakers came up with a tower incident that I'd never heard of. And it was documented in the Austin Statesman. But you can you can search the Austin Statesman now for Moonlight Towers on on the mm -hmm. website from the History Center, and uh, you couldn't back then. So back then it was like one microfilm sheet at a time, and if you and you'd have to scan the whole thing to see if there was a Moonlight Tower reference, and uh, I, I I missed one because I I didn't I couldn't sit in front of the microfilm no. for for a hundred <laughs> years of worth of Austin American Statesman. Uh, and scan it, my brain just wouldn't do that. Um, so there's still information out there that will come up every now and then, but I guarantee you the, the major information was covered in, in the book. What was the biggest misconception that, because you mentioned 
misinformation that existed prior to your research and book? What was the biggest? The, the biggest dis discrepancy was the tower inventor. Um, and it's, it's easy to, to understand why, but it was always accredited to this particular person. And there were two tower inventors in the, in the 1880s and they were uh, both from Elgin, Illinois. And one was uh, uh, Edward O'Byrne and one was John Adams. And they each had an electric tower, electric light tower design, but um, O'Byrne's was pyramidal in that it had a wide base and came to a, a, a mm -hmm. point at the top. And the other was the design of the tower that we had. but the original design from John Adams used hollow pipe and uh, O'Byrne's pyramidal tower used what they call star iron which in a cross section just looks like a plus sign um, and the advantage of the star iron was that there was no condensation on the interior of the pipe that you couldn't oh. maintain and therefore would rust mm -hmm. and um, the Fort Wayne Electric Company ended up owning the patents uh, from John Adams and Edward O'Byrne and they recognized the weakness in the hollow pipe but also knew that, that the, 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 the tower standing on one base with guy wires was easier to place mm -hmm. in, in a, a, a developing urban setting than a pyramidal tower with a big spread base because you need a lot of area. To do that, a lot of real estate, mm -hmm. and so they combined the patents and produced a tower of John Adams' design, but with star, O'Byrne star iron pattern. And Austin uh, was one of the. This was late in the career of electric light towers, and Austin just happened to get a set of those towers, which have and have endured uh, for that that reason of the combined patents mm -hmm. but most of the other cities either uh, grew up too fast and the towers were not of any use anymore because of the taller buildings uh, or they just deteriorated because they were hollow pipe 